for the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Hello, and welcome to episode 109 of That's a Shame. I'm Isaac, and joining me just on the sofa there, lying down like he's about to have his deepest psyche smeared across the ceiling of life, it's Declan Delane. How you doing, everyone? I hope they can hear that your face is on the same plane as the microphone, so there's like a weird bass reverberation. <laughs> We're recording this on a... F- Why don't we start by talking about what the recording setup is, because it's unorthodox. Oh, to, to say, say the least, least. Uh, especially for our non-patron listeners. Yeah, Declan's now rolled off the sofa, and he's like crouched like he's sort of I don't know, supplicating himself before the power of technology. I'm actually hunting the phone. <laughs> ah, you're about to pounce on yeah. it. So what? let me just take you back, because it's 3am now, of course, as it so often is in our lives. Yeah, too often. Many hours ago, we sat down and we had positively a beautiful experience of recording episode 109. It was easy. The conversation flowed. The jokes, I mean, some of those, some of the best. There were too many. It was too many. I was going to have to edit some out, but I was going to put them in a folder called Spare Jokes. And mm, I'd, I'd just good. transplant them into future just, dull episodes. Just drop them in. Dull episodes. However, upon listening back to it, um, which I had to do because we covered some, let's be frank, controversial topics yep so i was gonna have to listen through and check that we were on message anyway (laughs) well it it was actually slightly more haunting than that Uh uh-huh in that we recorded the very end yeah and then i don't remember why but listened back to the very final like moments literally the final words the send off what did i say like we'll see you on the next one see see you then and it came out as see you next or something like like weird glitch stutter so I was like, oh, that's weird. So I re-recorded the ending, which always feels a bit of a shame to have to like recapture that energy. But it's why I make the big bucks. At least this time the energy was catastrophically low. Exactly. So it was easy yeah. to... Very easy to replicate. And that's, I found that if you always aim for that low energy, then people won't You'll definitely it. hit it. <laughs> really good. So I recorded that. It was like, that's fine. And then started listening from the beginning. And in the first minute, there were about five of these little <laughs> glitches. And they were fine. As long as they didn't coincide with any of the words that we were saying out now, of our mouth holes. Now, the thing is, is that during Podcasts, the cop, like the duration of a show, yeah, then more we word say, than, yeah, we more word than nout is what I've always thought of it as. And so it meant that a lot of the meaning, the words, the episode was obscured behind a veil of technological fuck uppery, the likes do of which you, we've never really had on the, on the pod before. No, do you think. It, it was a sign from Jesus God saying that we'd <laughs> flown too close to the sun. <laughs> well, no, I don't think so. But equally, who mysterious ways. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And having just done a very holy episode, episode 108, Holy Hair, then I can only imagine that uh, his, capital H, attention is more precisely honed yeah. on the TAS sphere than ever before. Um, I think we should... Um divert slightly from the last episode's format uh-huh. the, the episode that we had to delete yeah there's a fun video Lest that's been deleted we... <laughs> on twitter at that's a shame cast and i think we should talk about our controversial discussion first okay and then end on the high okay uh, of of your story okay it's because not i thought too much of a high no it? but it's more of a high <laughs> yeah sure <laughs> than the topic because last time i thought we sort of ended and yeah. then 
then it, it was sad. pretty depressing. And then it all got, oh no, it all got destroyed in a fire. Oh no. Whoops. <laughs> I came out with like a dent in my own foot from having kicked my computer to dust. <laughs> Declan, no, the audio's gone. Oh, Damage. No. <laughs> Beyond repair, you said. His door was closed. I could just hear <laughs> all these like comedy, like clunking sounds. Siri, how to delete episodes. They were like, in, like in a cartoon when someone gets beaten up and there's just like stars or like a big cloud around like Isaac's I don't know room. what kind of cartoons you watch, but that sounds very violent. And I stick to the Christian theological oh, cartoons. A bit of Donald Faulkner Donald for Faulkner for life. Um, but yeah, sure. Although we did first have a discussion of Halloween. Is that relevant at all? Um, Briefly? No. Okay, well, fuck that then. <laughs> Bring it unless, on. Unless you want to. But well, I think no, but I that guess leads we can, more nicely into Yeah, we'll talk about that later. So here's the bullet point list. We're going to talk controversy. We're going to talk Halloween, film, and then we're out. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, the discussion was brought on because Isaac's story involves the fact that he watched The Shining. Yeah. And I brought up the fact that I had been having something of a moral quandary of late. Mm. Because you can see it. it's taken its toll on your mm. on your face. It's lined. It's and all rugged. this weight I've lost. <laughs> yeah, it's really quite something. Um, I've been having this moral quandary because of an internet person. Oh, an, an IP. An internet artist yeah. by the name of Pogo, mm-hmm. who does uh, like EDM remixes, yeah, like of films, basically, mostly. Like, well, he came to prominence with Disney was his yeah. vibe. And they're also accompanied by very nice videos where it's like he's taken sounds from the films. Yeah, it's like quite diegetic. And yeah. then he I think turns it's it almost into... exclusively sounds from the films usually. Yeah. Um, and he recently did one of The Shining. Mm-hmm. And it's very, very, very good. It is. Yeah, it's good. Now, the moral quandary part comes about because Pogo himself is... An enormous cunt. Yeah. He's one of these very, very horrible people who's an out-and-out racist and homophobe. Yeah, as far as I'm aware. Transphobe. Now, I I imagine Pogo, were he here, would query our our, uh, assignment, I suppose, Mm. of these terms, these slurs against him, which would be quite ironic because there is video evidence of him slurring away. Yeah, and, and not like video evidence necessarily all of it that just sort of got exposed yeah and it's being misconstrued we're talking about that happened and then he himself made videos going i believe all this (laughs) (laughs) which is really the phrase doubling down yeah you know at least it was a move people didn't see coming yeah true he's also as we discussed in the r.i.p forgotten episode he comes across in most videos of himself as a very insufferable sort of um, self-important, like he speaks very slowly and condescendingly about the issues. And maybe you don't understand it because you're some kind of liberal, but this is the way the world is. And he speaks in the same way when he talks about making the videos that he makes, the song videos. And that there it's even more infuriating because he is obviously very right. In yeah, very, very good and correct yeah. and innovative music producer, but very incorrect, bad, and whatever the opposite regressive. of innovative, regressive uh, opinion haver more broadly. Yeah, a reactionary. Mm, sure. Yeah, so the quandary there is... He's asked you Am I... Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're matched on Hinge. Am I doing a, a true moral whoopsie? A true crime. Yeah. Yeah. When I... 
uh, listen to his stuff. Uh-huh. Is it bad? Is it? And you're asking me because you see me as a kind of moral arbiter. Correctly. No, sounding board. A, co- a kind of arbiter, like a King Solomon. Well, also because you also listen to some of his stuff. I have never listened to, <laughs> and I deny all knowledge of this Pogus. 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 Pogo. That sounds fancy. <laughs> it's not, though. It just sounded it. Okay, well, so That's exactly what Pogo would say. No, it's not. He'd make a 20-minute video about why he actually meant something po- much worse. Pogo is the most racist. <laughs> that I can think of and I've thought of them all shouted Pogo gleefully so the well thank you for coming in maybe we'd like to role play it like I'm a kind of spiritual advisor I don't so look I'll I, sit I would much rather end. prefer and then if that we you just, just do it as we planned I'll be humming as, as well. a kind of um, overview of what we'd said because this is both come in my child and I feel like it Take a seat at the foot of the mount. I feel like it borders on taking the issues even less seriously. I think it's a very serious framework in which to develop the ideas no, using was, the Socratic we were, dialogue. Yeah, I knew you were going to say Socratic dialogue. Because <laughs> of course I was. <laughs> but that's, it's exactly it's not what it is, because you just crossed your legs and went, um. <laughs> that's why he did, That's racist. That's with the Republic. That's what it was all about. That was Plato. I love the, like, the idea that of a Socratic dialogue where one side's talking and the other just goes, um. That's where we got the noise from. It's like, you know, Plato goes on for like three pages about what is the essence of democracy. Yeah. And whoever he's chatting with, it just says like nods. <laughs> <laughs> nods, comma. Yeah. Lives. That's what I was going to say. Cool. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> um, okay. So, so what, what, were the, what were the points? What were we the points? Well, I think we started out with, there was a really beautiful, I don't know if you remember that bit in Making a Murderer where uh, Dean Strang, was it, improvised this monologue about the nature of justice. Yeah. And it went on for a few minutes. It was, it. what was great about it was that it was poetic, factual, relevant, but also he stumbled at places because it was something he was coming up with on the fly. Yeah. Even whilst being a very high profile now uh, lawyer, you could see that the gears were turning as he spoke. So I did one of those and that went oh, did you? Yeah. five to 12 minutes. <laughs> and that's all lost, you say. <laughs> and for some reason, <laughs> oh, no. it's probably, uh, it's ahead of its time. So I think it's The computer, the, the equipment literally no, could not it's handle It's been with it. me for long enough that we have that kind of symbiosis right. where it's like, Isaac, the world's not ready for I'm this. doing you a favour. I'll do a glitch over it. So obviously that's a shame that that's gone. But to it, maybe you'd like to recap some of my key points. <laughs> <laughs> some of your key points involved you agreeing vehemently that Stephen <laughs> Sondheim was a racist. <laughs> yeah, that was it. No. Was so essentially, we uh, we tentatively agreed yep. you can separate art and artist. In most circumstances. Yeah. Well, we said it's theoretically possible at least, yeah. but that the actual ability to do so depends on your own... I guess proximity to yeah whatever they've done yeah and good or bad yeah um, and that we therefore mostly bad as people who are you know reasonably privileged I'd would say you say would you say too many tip top of the social mountain there we are um, <clears throat> that thankfully for us that means we're affected by very few yeah. Of the issues involved. Uh-huh. So I'll be honest, I gleefully separate. <laughs> <laughs> I actually only listen to music from imprisoned I just, artists. I just do it for the kick. <laughs> <laughs> what a weird thing to get off on, but someone has to. <laughs> no. Um, that was all a joke, wasn't it? 
Well, yeah. Yeah, no, just That's why checking. we were laughing. Oh, uh, okay. Because we weren't laughing in a mean-spirited way. No. From atop the Mount Mount Privolo. No. Horrid <laughs> <You, laughs> You're going to have to edit Mount this Privolo. on your phone. Dreadful. Um, but also admitted that I think it is predicated largely on a on a kind of moral hypocrisy that mm. you 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 know it's worse than you're treating it, but at the same time, as you said, it's not your responsibility as one listener to take the moral stance for everyone else and yep. and 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 uh, punish yourself through that. There's only so much you can do, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, I try not to, as I said, listen on platforms that would give him any money. Yeah, and we floated the idea of maybe ripping his entire music collection and just distributing it in our day-to-day free, life. Yeah. And I don't think there's any way he could... I'm certain, and I've done quite a few seconds of research. I yeah? Think it's absolutely... You think we're all right? Okay. Fair, it's fair use. So we'll pop that up under your name. Uh, our name, yeah. The, that's a shame band. Well, you're always saying, like, you know, you're, like, lead tenant. You're always saying how you're the you're the main yeah. host... I of guess. the show, so I suppose it should just it should come under your the name. The podcast is actually legally registered to my parents' address, so let's go for it. Okay, Absolutely yeah, yeah. Fine. <laughs> Sorry, mum. <laughs> Imagine if Pogo <laughs> rocked up at my mum's house yeah. with a furious homophobic <laughs> rant about how he'd be robbing furious him. Furious homophobic lawsuits. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Um, again, we had a bit of hypothesising, didn't we? We did because it's yeah because it's hard sometimes harder if you actually like the person like i never liked pogo uh-huh. it's it, not like it was, you were it was just a channel name yeah f- until i found out that he was a massive <laughs> dickhead so i <laughs> really I, backfired for him so, like, behind the so scenes so as soon as i knew of him as a person yeah. i hated him so it didn't really you didn't feel like you'd lost i didn't feel like i'd lost anything i just felt like a bit fucked off that once again my enjoyment of something was going to have to be riddled by the fact that he was a total asshole yeah um but we were saying, you know, like the two main discussion threads were, is it, how much worse is it and how differently do you handle it if it's someone you love? So we are saying to Isaac, if uh, if it came out tomorrow that Stephen Sondheim was the most Behind the out war. and out. <laughs> <laughs> he single-handedly. He single-handedly murdered Dr. David Kelly. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, that, you know, ha- and then a week after released a new show. Yeah, I'll be front row. <laughs> <laughs> Preview. But how would you feel about it? Yeah, well, what we said last time, I guess at this point, let's pretend that all these opinions are now novel because people will tire of the addendum of of what we said last yeah, time. Yeah. So I've just had this thought right now off the top of my head that for me, a musical is more abstracted from its creator than some other art forms. And there's probably at least partially an arbitrary distinction, but it doesn't feel like you're in the bosom of the creator. It's a really horrid expression. And I'm sorry for inflicting it on all, and, all concerned. And did you come up with that sat atop Mount Privilo? <laughs> I've never scaled the heady heights of Mount Privilo. I got stuck at base camp too. I was kicked down by a girl with three pet horses <laughs> and too much time on her hands. Um, so, yeah, I for me, I would find it easier to be like, I don't know, if we found out that Lin-Manuel punched goats at the weekend. I'd be so happy. <laughs> <laughs> After finishing a 25-minute victory lap, um, then I would 
I would not find it too hard to go and see that because it doesn't feel like you're in their presence. It doesn't feel like mm. I'm hanging out with this person. They're inflicting their direct opinions on me. And in fact, I think that's definitely is the case with Sondheim. Like, he's not the demon barber of Fleet Street. No. He's not Bobby. He's not George. He's not his own characters. And am I allowed to use this for Pogo because it's just a song? Yeah, I think so. Because I mean, the I things that he does like, his work with are the furthest... Like, Alice in Wonderland is the which furthest is from one. being a racist. Yeah, a racist homophobe. That, little that you could possibly be. Yeah. And the songs are all really sweet. Yep. They're very wholesome Disney songs quite often. What's going on? Like, is he fully mental? Do you think what? Because there's some weird attraction to that genre. Yeah. Don't know. That's another episode. We'll we'll diagnose him on the, on the side. Yeah. But yeah, I think songs are another good example for the most part Mm. of a medium where at least in more polished productions, maybe it's unfair, but I would say like electronic music, pop music more than like folk music. Yeah. Definitely uh, spoken word like ballads or something mm. then you feel less of a connection directly with the artist you're like oh i really enjoy their output yeah. i don't feel like listening to daft punk i get to know the people who i honestly don't slim. know who they are anyway <laughs> like unlike what my example previously was reading a book i guess obviously a memoir would tick the box but just the novel of someone who you know to be a total anachronistic cunt by which i mean mm. even in their time they were they were behind <laughs> them then that would be that would feel worse because books feel more intimate mm. but i do recognize that that's very much just an opinion so then the other question is and was um do you feel that works after you find out are more tainted than the ones before give me an example it can be hypothet Okay, let's go back Chuck to one up Matt Privilege. Let's go back to Steve because yeah. whilst you, you know, whilst you wouldn't mind like you'd still go and see it. Yeah. You probably feel a bit shit. Oh, I'd be very disappointed in yeah. that for sure. Um but would you feel worse? Mm-hmm. Would would that feeling be stronger seeing the new thing that he came out with afterwards once you know mm-hmm. or would you still look back at like company and be like, fuck's sake. I think it would be proportional to how much I liked what it was anyway, (laughs) because then the more you invest in it, the more you feel betrayed by their diversion from what is an acceptable opinion or like moral Mm. stance to have. So if it was like a show I didn't really care for, I mean, this is a bad example because obviously they're all the best shows there are. <laughs> if he'd written a show called Hamilton and it wasn't that great, then I'd be like, oh, that's, yeah, whatever. But then if I went to see Sunday in the Park with George and just in the background was this expose that the New York Times did about how he punched, I don't know, Mother Teresa. No, yeah, she was no. problematic. Who would be very bad to punch? Yeah, she was. Danny horrible. DeVito. Oh, yeah. If, he, if like I found out the Sondheim is devoting the rest of his time on earth to like ruining Danny DeVito for or no reason. He, he was, he was like one of the largest donators to the conservatives. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> or he like donates to like the opposite of children's hospitals. He, What's he, that? He actively child <laughs> hospitals where possible <laughs> by like getting, he convinces them to put on really expensive productions of his shows, <laughs> like the into the woods school version, but then like ups the price to rent. Oh school. no. It's, it, and he doesn't do that. We should clarify to our knowledge. Yeah. Um, it would be a shame if he came out. God, that would be so bad. That would be really unfair. Because you particularly would look as though you had known 
Uh, well, <laughs> there's a lot you can deny and a lot that is <laughs> you editable would. in the podcast feed, <laughs> such as my presence in the show, can be scrubbed Just, with a mere 24 hours. I like the idea that, you know, the reason it takes you, like, there's always 10 minutes after we like finished where I like put the chairs back in Uh this room and I'm in another room and I have to send through like the episode description in which time Isaac's uploading it. And I like the idea that actually in that time, he's like just adding to this dead man's trigger that he's (laughs) where, where it's, it's him selecting only his audio and just has something set up so that with a single button, (laughs) the entire podcast history just becomes me talking to nothing <laughs> for hours and hours That'd on it. That'd be good, wouldn't it? You could, you could automate that probably if you were that way inclined, but it's a lot of effort and I haven't done it yet, but it's something to consider. <laughs> Thank you very much. But I think overall, where did we land? Because uh, we solved the issue, of course. Yeah, that's, that was the was biggest really, shame of the really episodes being... I think we came to a few broad conclusions. conclusions. One being that... Um, as we've said already, Sondheim didn't do uh, Iraq. Definitely. Yep. Uh, two is that it depends on both your proximity to the uh, crime in in question, uh-huh. uh, and also crime the, in a broad sense. Yeah, and also to the uh, type of art or artist that it is like we said you know something like a stand-up show where it is ostensibly extraordinarily yeah we were talking about lucy k weren't we yeah would be uncomfortable especially because a lot of his material is is about sex and and very dark yeah Yeah, you'd feel like i don't really trust you to be the arbiter of what's acceptable to talk about no when you just masturbate in front of people (laughs) all the time (laughs) um uh whereas as you say something like a uh a musical can be far more removed. Or like a painting. Like yeah. If I looked at the painting, if, I like, like if Hitler's painting was hanging on this wall, I wouldn't know. No. I wouldn't no, look no. at it and go, fuck, that's a racist that's painting. A very, and very anti-Semitic <laughs> painting. Yes, it was. Yeah. But I believe he mostly did quite mediocre landscapes. Yeah. So. Um, the second, probably the one of the, the bigger conclusions mm-hmm. was that we're not necessarily the best people to decide on no, this. No, but I'm interested in, because I guess our role as the like privileged then is to be responsive to if, if our thesis is that your proximity is what affects it for an individual, like to what extent do individuals who are very close to the topic at mm-hmm. hand require like our. solidarity up, yeah. above the board, like all over. So in the case of Louis CK, where he was actively kind of after he'd abused these off like they were female comics but yeah then he was getting them like deplatformed and actively kind of stopping their career progressing by trying to shut it shut them up about it that seems to require a very concerted direct to be like no, yeah absolutely don't be doing that refusal no one's going to come and see you like i wouldn't i wouldn't mm-hmm. have anyway really but i now yeah. can say that i wouldn't and feel even better about it <laughs> but yeah other more niche mm. acts so it's it's complex i suppose yeah and and as well there um we hit on something that we we mentioned in the original but haven't here is it, does it matter about like when this was so yeah that's fine like i i don't think any self-respecting person would go and see louis ck now work out his new tour yeah 
But, shame that so many people will. But like, can you, if you were a big fan of his comedy, mm. can you watch his old stuff? Mm. I feel like yes, because it's not like he's erased. And in fact, probably like, as long as you're not paying him for it, yeah. which is obviously the, going to be the case, because yeah. it's already up on YouTube. I don't feel like there's any, there's much point in pretending he never existed. No. Because that seems to somehow erase the morality tale that is, oh, look, this very famous man built his career off the back of, like, shutting other people up about his sexual assault. Yeah. And as well, I think that it's, especially in a case like that where, like, whilst certainly there were people who did know the full extent of what was going on, for most people, they did not. Yeah. Um, And therefore, it's not fair, I think, to pin the blame on people for having enjoyed it. No, I don't think people should feel retroactively guilty about like, oh, fuck, I laughed at that Clifford the Big Red Dog routine 10 years before I knew that he was a crim. (sighs) Yeah, oh, God, I'm dreadful. And I now no longer find those same things funny. Yeah, I think that's where it crosses the line into sort of pointless self-flagellation. There we go, And And we didn't even say that in the last show. That's just... Here's a little aside, and I wonder if this is... Because we've had a great moment of synchronicity there, and I wonder if it will continue when I let you know that my only... You know how some words make an image flash into your head? Creative juices Mm -hmm. makes me want to vomit in my mouth. Are you going to write the Da Vinci Code? Yeah, Yeah. Silas, (laughs) self-flagellating, pale as you like. Probably where we first read the word. God, but no, I specifically picture... What's his name? In the film, yeah. Naked and pale as a newborn fish. Cat of twelve tails. Yeah, smashing it into his it? own into his own back. Cat at shame. <clears throat> city. Let us know what you picture when you hear self-flagellation. <laughs> Keep it PG. That should be a like a, sh- a a feature we have every show. There's a new word that we say, oh, and yeah, people have to the... message us what what do they picture. Okay, yeah, sure. So this week's is self-flagellation. self-flagellation. <laughs> Just put uh, what should be in the subject line. Nah, don't matter. Doesn't we'll matter. Think of, we'll Anything. workshop a name for it. Um, yeah. So, so then, if it's the case that I people don't have to self-flagellate about liking the old stuff mm. of, say, Louis C.K. Um, with someone like Pogo, whose platform and like presence is much smaller. Yeah. His actual, I don't know, like the, the number of people who are aware of him, his, is aware, his following, his reach, yeah, is much smaller. And bigger now that we've told everyone about it. Yeah. <laughs> and and his his like his views are are appalling. Mm. But as far as I know, he's not doing anything with them. No. He's not what you mean he's not mobilizing a troop of homophobic Dark ravers. Homophobic <laughs> <laughs> EDM fans. Yeah. That would be mad. To go and... That's like a Footloose or something. Yeah. Like, <laughs> a know, really dirty dancer. A really bad retelling. Yeah. I don't remember which film yeah. I mean. The one where they banned... That's They're making a Dance Dance Revolution film. You know the game? What? what? You know the game yeah, where you forwards, step on backwards, different... left or right. Yeah. They're making that and the premise is dancing has been outlawed again. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. It's in the same town as Footloose. <laughs> it's a thousand years later and all the robots are just frogging around. And this time it's people, people actually just come to the conclusion that if dancing is just forwards, backwards, left <laughs> or right, may as well just leave it. It's not worth saving. <laughs> <sighs> um, yeah, so given all of these about Pogo, mm. do I do I have to stop? I don't think you have to stop. I would, if I, my approach would be, like we've said, avoid financing him. Yeah. But again, like, 
the line of how much you want to go out of your way as a consumer of his content to find mediums through which he can't profit because people i don't know if you've noticed this these days people will profit off almost anything oh, they lots can some lots of i don't stuff. know what it's about oh, it's no. happening everywhere but the balance between how much effort you're willing to put into that versus the convenience versus you want to it's stick actually it to, giving them stick it to the homophobe man yeah then I guess that's an individual yeah, to draw. Yeah, it is an individual line. But again, I think it comes back to it should ultimately be informed by people who are more closely affected by it. I mean, as we said in the last, there are almost certainly mm. LGBT fans of Pogo's music. Yeah, definitely. People who like watch his videos and know that about him as well. So I suppose it's, you know, at what point does the consensus swing? Yeah. So what I'm saying is, lads, if you all think I'm a cunt, <laughs> let me know and I'll just rip his whole channel. Yeah, that's fine. We'll up- re-upload it. Yeah. Um, maybe, <laughs> I'll, name. maybe I'll like add some lyrics to it as well because I felt that's what's been missing is, is some original lyrics that weren't in the uh, films. Because I've got a lot to say about Alice in Wonderland and The Shining. And, and your think... own relationships to those two protagonists. Yeah. Well, but... one's an antagonist, I suppose. Which one? Jack Torrance. He's not. Are you saying he's the protagonist of The Shining? No, I just said he's oh, actually the antagonist. But he's the lead character that he's, you went to. That's he's the one that I presume you identify with. I no, I actually identify with Tony. <laughs> Dan, <laughs> Danny's little psychic. No, psychic ma- mouth present. Talk about it. <laughs> You've made him sound like the Spider-Man. Spider-Man. <laughs> What's that, Timberly felon, Danny? Must be nothing. <laughs> What I was thinking this when I watched The Shining. Look at this natural segue into talking about what I did. I know. So natural that I'm going to just leave that there. That was a teaser. And now we go back to the start of the story, which is that yesterday, well, strictly two days ago now, Friday night. Is that right? Saturday night. Fuck, I can't tell days. It's all right. Saturday night it was, 8.45 I wager. And there I was with my friend Matthew, friend of the show, uh, person who licensed the audio product with which we make all our episodes. He did indeed. Thanks very much, pal. Thanks, pal. If you could tell us why it's beeping its way <laughs> through all of our... That'd be great. We don't blame you because you've given us 109 on the house, but one more would have been good. <laughs> um, we went, it's his birthday August, and it's Halloween this month. Are you aware of that? Oh, yeah. well aware. Happy Spooktober to you, of and course. And to you. Thank you very much. And also with you, the listenership at large. And the Lord. Well... Yeah, I was getting to the Lord. Like, don't spooky sh- Lord. Don't show me up on that, okay? Because I was getting to him and you need to know that. We went to a horror all-nighter. There was a choice, classic or modern all-nighter. And after much toing and froing, I settled on classic. What were the options for modern? Well, I don't remember them all. I remember that one of them was a mystery film. But the ones I do remember were good. There was Babadook, which I love. There good. was Get Out, which I love. Good. There was It Follows, which I strongly like. Mm-hmm. There was A Quiet Place, which I haven't seen. But I have a feeling I'd like well enough. Yeah. And then there was probably something else. So there was that versus what I ended up going to see, which was, if I can remember the order, Friday the 13th, The Shining, The Exorcist, Rosemary's Baby, Nightmare on Elm Street, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's a pretty stacked lineup. Weird that it didn't have Halloween, I thought. But maybe that's because there's a new one coming out. Yeah, probably. Can't license it or some bullshit. Mm, Almost certainly. That's a shame, though, isn't it? Because it's better than half of those films easily 
I would say. So we opted for classic. Was that the right move, do you think? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because the modern ones were good, but I felt like it would be less fun. Cause they're, yeah, a lot less fun. They're not, you can't really laugh at. No, there's there's less like cheesy bullshit. Yeah, exactly. Like Nightmare on Elm Street is just hilarious. It's, a hul- it's such a funny It film. has some of the weirdest, like the subplot about the mum just always drinking vodka in every scene like relentlessly she'll be talking in a normal scene and then we'll just pull out vodka from an increasingly <laughs> unlikely crevice it really Don't gets to you say that again but I'll yeah i'll tell you what your days on mount privolo <laughs> oh, no. have, led to be an avalanche. S- have led to some of the most egregious <laughs> turns of phrase lingo you, crimes you no longer know the effect your words can have on others <laughs> You've like you're like I've never known. I've always suspected <laughs> all those people crying. In Sometimes my when you go to bed, I just sit here <laughs> hours and hours and try and figure out how one tiny man could come up with such an unlimited vestibule of linguistic horror. Thank you, thank you very much. But yeah, no. I think I'm no, no. I'm taking it as a compliment. I I can do that. It's one of my powers. <laughs> you might. It's one of the privilege powers. You can just warp it into a comp. Okay, so there I am sitting there. Now it seemed like a good idea at the time, and in hindsight, it was a good idea. But six films. Let me tell you, it's that's a long time, a while. And it was only when we were in the shop planning for a Russell-free snack experience that took us. We were in Tesco for like forty-five minutes trying to find the optimum optimally silent snacks yeah which is a challenge russell free of course being russell s-t-l-e not s-s-e-l which is matthew's dad yeah and he wasn't invited so in a way <laughs> it, was, it was both it was a russell <laughs> russell free yeah um it was only when we were sort of buying snacks and i was like we've got like some biscuits some fruit that'll probably do and then matthew was like we've got 12 hours <laughs> it's like fuck <laughs> yeah we do as well so we had to get about eight times as many things as i thought initially um some observations. First of all, I told before about this weird couple that was sitting next to me oh, and yeah. about how small things, I think this is a theme that we should come back to much like our small mistake, big error, or is it the other way? SMB. Small error, big mistake, yeah. or like this, but not this little, here's, we need a name for it that I haven't thought of yet, but small things people can do that tell you they're broken as individuals. So this is what, Small trait, big no-no. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, no, it's not. And in fact, you just did one of them <laughs> in a staggering display of irony. Yeah, we need a fun name for it. But you know what I mean? Like there'll be something pe- someone can do that gives you an insight into their worldview that was hitherto for unknown or assumed on your part being a generous spirit that I assume you are mm. as a generous spirit myself. Especially the spooky time of the year. Yeah, well, we have to be, don't we? When skellies mm. are all about, you've, you don't know what's going on in someone else's life. You know what that lived experience is like as a skeleton man. No. And so it's not often that you're, you see them do something and you're like, oh, here's an example. People who play music out loud on a bus. It's a very classic yeah. one. But I know like with 100% certainty that anyone who does that I could not like, like yep. we are opposite. Incompatible. People, and they are horrible, broken idiots. Like that's just certain, isn't it? Well, yeah. yeah like there's no, there's no logical reason. Like Why either, they either they're doing it because they're actively trying to annoy you, mm-hmm. in which case 
there, well there's done. some You've sort of that. weird psychopathy going on uh-huh. that you just wanted to that annoy some rando on the bus. Can't understand. Or you don't realise that that's just so egregiously and wrong. Worse. And that is worse. Yeah. And at, at least I can come to hate respect you if you're trying yeah, to just do it just to annoy there me. There was a, a flavour of that on a bus I was on recently, which was just a guy who was sitting in like the middle of the back row, which as a brief, imagine this, there's like a passage that goes up the middle of a bus and then the back row yep. is there on the back. It's a big line. But before that, the the path is a single person wide. And he was sitting in the middle of the back row with his legs like completely stretched out so no one else could get to the back row. And I wanted to sit there. So I like asked him to move, which he kind of did begrudgingly. And then he answered a phone call and spent 25 minutes in the loudest voice. Yeah, what is that about? I'm going to get a couple of beers and... Yeah, no, I'm going to just get a couple of beers and then... What, are they gone out already? Yeah, well, I'm... I'm, I'm going to get a cup. I was like, mate, oh, I know you're going to get a fucking couple of beers. The woman sitting opposite me was just staring at him like he was some sort of creature that had landed, which he may as well have been, yeah. having such little regard for social mores. And things like that can just tell you in an instant all you need to know, I think. Yeah. Maybe that's a, no, a kind no, of they do. jumping to conclusions. No, they definitely do. Because he could do that on the bus, but then go home and like he's caring for... 25 refugee it's, families. It's entirely nullified by that. <laughs> and also, more importantly, he's not doing that. <laughs> no, for sure. definitely not. He was not. getting a couple of beers yeah. and then not going Get out by the sun. A couple of beers. God, he was dreadful. So yeah, there was this couple that came after the first film had finished, which I thought was a bit weird because like, you've paid the ticket for the whole six films. The whole point of it is that it's a movie marathon thing. Like, you don't just turn up because you really like The Exorcist and then leave for the other five. That would be weird. Like, just watch it at home, mate. It's easy. So he, they came and sat down right next to us. I so hope that it's that, like, they they, they wanted to watch it when it first came out in cinemas and they, they weren't quite old enough. And, like, they've been waiting 30, 40 years since. And they're like, this is our chance. It's the only way. It's in the middle of six other we'll films. We'll just slice it right out, bisecting the whole thing. <laughs> Um, but they came and sat, and this is a hint at one of these things, but it doesn't quite tip over into oh, the full category. For me, it definitely They is. sat too close. Like, they could... There wasn't a whole row free, but they could have been, like, two, three seats away, but they chose to sit right next to me at the end of the, the row. That was oh. a bit of an issue, because I had, like, a bag of 12 hours of, yeah. of supplies. You want a bit more space around you if you're going to be sat there for 12 hours. Yeah, there's not loads of space to move around Matthew if he's no, like in, in, in those tiny little man in those tiny little chairs as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. And he was kind of safeguarding the aisle seat. Yeah. Which meant that what was to happen was only more annoying yep. because him having to move so much. It was jokes. When, when we sat down in the row, I was reminded by Matthew of the time we used to go to Fright Fest, which is a film horror film festival in London. And um, Matthew, like I've said, is a big chap. He's like seven and a half feet tall. He's just a huge person. And if Matthew jumps at horror films, which he's wont to do because he, more than almost anyone else I know, has a great enviable capacity to just get into some media very quickly. Yeah. Like if he's reading a book, he's like in the book world. Or if he's watching a film, he's like, in it completely it's really quite dangerous for him to own vr <laughs> God, yeah. but watching sometimes watching matthew's face which is what i was doing in texas chainsaw massacre is more entertaining <laughs> than, than the, the film because it's just like a whole gamut of 
a, a range of expressions that you don't see otherwise. But he said when he sat down in the <laughs> in the seat, like, hope this row's ready, just looking down. Because <laughs> when if he was going to do a big jump, there weren't too many jump scares, then everyone was going to know about it. So there we were. The guy had sat too close, as had the girl with him. But he immediately started chatting and was quite amicable, offered popcorn, mm. which I was like, that's all right. He's made a kind of a tribute to the gods on right. Mount Privilo. Oh, right, is how yeah. I saw the interaction. Is that how you see it's all interactions? Yeah. Oh, cool. Another tribute to the gods of Mount Privilo. It's a bill from BT. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Lovely to know you care. So I thought, okay, fair enough. Like, maybe I'll make a new cinema friend. But what actually happened was that for it, it was almost like they were going through every different set of circumstances that could lead you to go in and out of the same cinema screen throughout one film. Like, first of all, she left just before it started, presumably to go and get a drink, came back like 20 minutes in with a drink that she'd clearly been drinking out in the lobby, which is weird if you're again there yeah. solely for the cinema experience. Cause it's not like a cinema and bar. It's a cinema that has a small bar. Yeah. Um, five minutes after that, maybe 10 minutes, he went out and just sort of stood in the aisle for a bit, like looking, looking around like he dropped something, but then went off came back a few minutes later then she went and then they both went and then they both came back like it was every permutation of how can we fucking infuriate I, I could, the people here after the third that would be it for me the third was about two seconds yeah. the third was uh jack torrance was like skipping around loving family life i i i, I would have screamed <laughs> it got to the point by the end of the shining well, not even the end, really. Probably like the start of Act Three. That when they both got up to leave, the people around were like looking with commiserating glances and confusion at me. Like I might offer some insight into what they were doing. Like, oh yeah, they're just really they're going through something right now. Like I don't know what they're expecting. People were, like looking, doing the hands up gestures and shaking their heads, and I was like mouthing no idea <laughs> to about twenty strangers. Eventually, they both left just in the kind of climactic moments of the maze scene in The Shining. Very good that they got in the way good for that. Good time to go, Very yeah. good time. And that was it. They didn't ever come back, despite the guy having specifically told me how excited he was about how he just marathoned the Friday the 13th films, which is why he didn't come to it. He goes to these things all the time. So that's a man who purports to know the form, but has broken it so catastrophically it's So like that I can't get on board with him as an individual. Oh, Declan's despairing. Some people should just be deleted. Oh, from the whole planet? Yeah. Mm. Just, I'm not like, I don't just mean killed. No. It's it's more fundamental than that. Do you mean like every trace of where people are blocked? Yeah, even more than that. I mean like every, you know, in Back to the Future that we talked about recently. Yeah. How when he's like back in time. And they fade. And they're fading in the Mm. photo. That, like, they're just gone. They, just they were through. never there. But do you think they should? it should happen slowly enough that they're aware of the fade? No, I think they should just have to sit above like ghosts, mm. just watching the the world without but them in it. forced not to be able to interact. Yeah, they can't, and they can't interact with each other. That sucks, doesn't it? Yeah, mm. That's a horrid hell you've created there. But yeah, it was an unfortunate experience to see someone get so close and yet so far to, away yeah. from from the concept of being <laughs> to misunderstand sitting down unlike you though i don't want to delete them i just want to sit down da- like i just want to have a conversation where i'm like what what were you doing you don't because they would just they'd like they'd take a phone call in the middle of it <laughs> to go and get a you'd drink. have to go out yeah times. 
But I just want to know. He's got, just got... It's just gonna get a couple of beers. I want to just shake their heads until the thoughts run out, <laughs> and you can just. Do you mean find run out. out as in run out of them, or run out yes. as in just stop? <laughs> yes, inclusive or. But yeah, it was good. The final thing of note was that every between each film, you had a very short break. In my head, we were going to have a while, like to go and get food or something. But clearly, I'd not thought through the chronology because no. that would have taken us to next week <laughs> to complete. <laughs> so we had like. 10 minutes max between each one to like go to the bathroom, get a drink, <clears throat> maybe go outside, which is a good like blast of cold air in Leicester Square to keep you awake for the next one. I was doing, I led a, some people in star jumps, which was really mm. good for all of them. I'm always trying to get people to that do star good. jumps. Yeah. My girlfriend gets very annoyed because if she's feeling like sad or anything, I always do tell her to do a star jump and she, for some reason, doesn't take that advice I'm in the kind spirit. I'm extraordinarily glad that you've never seen fit to try and make me do star jumps. I think you'd really benefit from Calm. it. Next time you're feeling low, just get one of these. It's impossible to be sad with a star jump. I bet it's not. It really <laughs> I bet is. I could do it. Imagine crying <laughs> while a star jump. No, it's not possible. Here's a here's a, a novel idea I've just come up with. Go on. You're pitching it, are you? Yeah, I'm pitching it to you. Come on. It's something that I think um, is total bullshit. Yeah. But that's the sort of stuff that seems to sell mm. these days, isn't it? I've I've noticed that as well. Um, and it's a combination of a Can few things that we've mentioned. Films. Yep. VR. Been there. And something we haven't talked about, but is relevant, theatre. Oh, yeah, I know them. Now, you remember when we went to go and see Network. Yes, Network at the National Theatre with Brian Cranston. Yes. Yes. Now, Network, fantastic film. Yeah, very, very really, really, film. really very good film. <clears throat> Also a play. <laughs> <laughs> there was a play of network. Yeah. Uh, that starred Brian Cranston, yeah, who, who was, was very, very, very good. good. But he just is very good at acting. Yeah. The, so it was always going to be. It had a very, very cool set. Yeah, I thought, really nice. And some really nice, like, camera work and some, like, manoeuvres because the the play was also being, like, streamed live on a screen that you could watch yeah. and see things from different angles. There were some cool things, but the play itself, it just didn't work. It didn't. I don't really. feel like it. And the really, and the it? other best character in it was Neutered. Mm. Oh um, yeah, that speech yeah. where he did it on the end of like a gangplank. Yeah, so like he was about to be like marooned. Like was going <laughs> to yeah. just push him into the croc. Um, but you may remember that there was a revolutionary way to see the play mm. called <laughs> food work. <laughs> A name, minutes, literal Honestly, minutes like, in the brainstorming. I don't believe anyone thought of the name. I think the name just happened. Like someone just came in and it was on a board. Yeah. No one wrote it because it, it can't, it cannot be the product of human thought. No. To look at the concept of network as a play, the idea of dining the, the on work. stage for no good reason and to say food, food work. work. If anyone it's thought food, that, they should, it's network, they should it's be food work. the solely deleted candidate. So what this was, was the chance that every night there were like 20 spots available yeah. to just have dinner on the stage yeah. while the show was happening and you would watch the show. Because one of the sets that for some reason, isn't in the film that much. And wasn't, was, wasn't, wasn't, wasn't in, in the play, in the play that, much, that much either. Is a restaurant. Yeah. And so it was like, I guess, generously, the idea was to generate some real, realistic ambience mm. and to have some stuff to play off. They kind of directed a few, let's be honest, cheap gags yeah. to the people who were sat there who reacted in that sort of faux embarrassed way that is the only way you can react. Yeah, and the um, only way you should, really. And isn't so much funny as it is predictable. Tragic. And 
And tragic, for sure. Um, but yeah, so it, it was... I hear the food was nice. Yeah. Weirdly, it wasn't as distracting as I assumed no, it would be. Yeah, I agree. But I almost think that's worse because yeah. it was so nothing. It was a non-feature. Yeah. And it just came across like, I don't know if it, the Nationals on hard times. It wasn't but, enjoyable for them. And it wasn't enjoyable for us. <laughs> and it cannot have been enjoyable for the actors. No, so very annoying to have uh, people eating right next to you. I'd be furious... <laughs> If I can't act with people in the same room, you can't act with an audience with other cars. Dreadful. I've got. They're not seeing my ride. Yeah. Um, so what I'm proposing, because that was such a big hit, yeah. people bought it up like no one's business. Yeah, yeah. it was a good gimmick. Um, is VR mm. where you can sit somewhere else in the scene of like your film. Yeah, okay. Watch a film. But like, and you got this your video, time I'm sitting like, on Simba's back. So I I thought of it because I was thinking like in in uh, The Shining, in the big like bar and yeah, ballroom yeah, yeah. where like Lloyd. there's all the dancers and Lloyd. You ju- you're just at a table like watching him. Yeah, the I distance. think that'd be very good. And that's basically what happens in Ready Player One, which is the only reason to see that film. All right. It's a good airplane movie. It was on the airplane. On the airplane. I don't know why I'm calling it that, I'm afraid. I'm in plane. Yeah. Um, it's fine film, better film than book. But the stuff with The Shining is really cool because it does exactly that. They've like recreated the sets perfectly and they go through them in ways that you didn't go through them in the film, which is a really mm. weird, weirdly effective, uh, let's say, gimmick again. Yeah. That kind of buys an interest that the scene might not otherwise have because you absolutely don't care about why our protagonist, Wade Watts, happens Stop. to be in The Shining. Stop. But you do care a lot about, wow, that's what that looked like. Or, yeah. or like that carpet is exactly there. Even down to like the camera quality, they did really well. Hmm. Um, what if to make it a bit worse, because mm. you seem too on board with this idea, you can only do it in restaurants. In restaurant <laughs> scenes. But what, even restaurants that weren't in the, in the film? No. So you're in the middle of like Othello, just sitting in a pizza express. No, you can't do it in Othello, I'm afraid. Oh, you can only do it. Yeah, and... Harry Sad. met Sally, but yeah, you could, one scene. Yeah, and what I'm thinking as well is that you obviously all the seats around them are probably taken, so you, you're over the other side. Oh. You can't really see all that. What? It's probably a you worse. can't even make like a reservation it's probably to get all... a good seat. No, no. Can no, you no. get a seat that's like at the same table as Meg Ryan and Billy Crystal doing the famous "I'll have what she's." Do they know you're there in well, your version of this? I, yes. You're going to make I sure. Don't how, <laughs> I don't know how we maybe do that technologically speaking. I like the idea that someone it's done on like a pay scale uh-huh. so if you want to sit at the table with it's like passive observer with, mode yeah with with them like at the table yeah it's like millions you can of just pounds. like get a, like lean right into billy crystal's face and see all the yeah, you can like scratch his beard and whatnot yeah um meg ryan just shouting in your ear but also like if you can't afford that there was a calf over the road in the film. <laughs> you could like peering through the window. You could like, rent one of those like opera glasses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Extortionate virtual opera glass. Or like you, you have to. Why not just zoom in on the film? You have to, you have to like mop the, you have to be the cleaner in the <laughs> restaurant. Like, just like mopping the you toilet. You have to like stay in the scene because other people are watching as well. So you'd have to like perform your duties. Yeah. That's an interestingly, basically another thing that happens in Ready Player One, the book, which is that one of the challenges is, I want to say the film War Games, which I've never seen, but it's one right. of those 80s yeah, yeah. ones that there are. And the whole challenge, and for some crazy reason, this didn't make it into the Spielberg film. You're they, saying that? They swapped it out because I guess maybe they thought it was boring and bad. Oh, okay, um, right. Because all he has to do amazing. is 
be the lead character in the film. Like, just say the dialogue at the right times, walk to the right places, do the right actions. And it's like, can you do that? And he's like, well, seen that film a lot because I'm a poorly written one-dimensional character. That's, so that is I'll the worst the thing I've ever heard. Time. That is the worst thing idea I've ever heard. It's pretty lame. It's somehow worse than all the other ideas but that I know from it. Think about how I've described that idea, and it is boring, but I've tried to give it to you at least briefly. That is in a book. Like, imagine thinking of that idea and being like, this will work really well this, in print. You, <laughs> Describing you know someone really, else being in a film. You know what works really well if you've never seen the film War Games? <laughs> <laughs> imagine how cool it would be for a character who's only seen the film War Games. You know, you, you definitely know that at some point in his life, mm. someone's made that point to him. And he the has author. made... Yeah. Oh, I've forgotten his name. Have you? Is it on the shelf over there? Declan's going to go and live research it. I will I'll be so it's worse than I remembered give me a clue (sighs) no just tell me then quick Ernest Klein oh yeah Ernie Um, we call him Ernie that yeah someone made that point to him that like you know if you haven't seen war games Mm. I mean it wasn't the most exciting scene anyway yeah but if you haven't seen it it's you know like people won't get the reference and he has responded with you know people didn't get all the references in in Ulysses Uh 2001 but no one knows what that black box even was. But but it's still a masterpiece. I also feel like it, it's not war games that's the issue. Like if it was no, my no. favourite film, yeah. like it's <laughs> no, just there's definitely. a real cap on how interesting it is for a character to be like. And then I said, I will take the ring to Mordor. <laughs> oh, well done! <laughs> you fucking nailed it, mate. Hope that egg works. <laughs> and then what? You win VR. Great. Imagine if like I I'd love a version of of that. You could do so many good ones where. They just fuck it up. So, like, you, you, you can't... You, you can't, can't just get past! You can't, can't just walk into Nordor. Oh, <laughs> fuck. That'd be a real real shame. Yeah, no, it is, a, like, a fundamentally bad concept. Yeah, but, it doesn't work. But anymore. somehow, it being War Games makes it worse. Like, he picked it because he really, like... He knew that he could do that if yeah. it were him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's a very cool 80s... I and he's a cool 80s... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that speaks for itself if you ever get around to reading the book, oh, which we're all waiting on you to do. It's going to go the way of the Mort Darfur. No. Straight on the bonfire. Oh, that's a shame. Um, so, yeah, those people fucked right out of the cinema. The only other two things of note were the very bizarre... I did this nice little spiel last time about wouldn't it be weird if I knocked on your door at 7am and was like, we're coming to watch the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Which is essentially... I don't know if you do this, but one of my coping methods with life is that I reset my internal clock with startling frequency. Do you know what I mean by this? Or will I explain more? Explain more. So if, if you are in a flight, for example, like I was recently, and it's, say, it's 10 hours, then every time I look at the clock... I do a little ritual where I pretend that the flight only just started, but I do it on quite a deep level where like uh, for all intents and purposes, it only has just started. So if I'm really bored by something, like if I was in a really boring play, then I'd like zone out for a bit and then just reset to be like, oh, this is the beginning of a 40 minute play rather than I'm 20 minutes into an hour play. See what I mean? And it's a good way to just accelerate time right okay by eternal like, sunshining yourself it, it feels like memory. it feels like you just replace it with the exact same amount of time but you prefer the way you've said it well yeah but it's reframing how you think about it it's like episodic rather than one long thing because if you just if you just throw away that past stuff that doesn't matter anymore because like i've been in the plane for two hours already but 
Like, I don't have to do that anymore. So now I'm just on a seven-hour flight or whatever. Then I think it helps you to be positive about See, that would make me experience. feel even worse because it would make me feel like I'd constantly made no progress. But you could have done something all right in those two hours, but you'd probably rather not be in the sky. Yeah, but if I'd done that and then I was like, oh, I'm actually at the beginning of an eight-hour flight, I'd just I'd feel like I was even further away. Oh, I don't know. I'd at least be like, oh, right, two hours down. Beginnings at go. least have their own intrigue, whereas the middle Do they? For you to go to sleep again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but anyway, that's... What, why am I on about this? Because you were watching Texas Chainsaw oh, yeah. at 7 in the morning. So, for all intents and purposes, I was just there watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre at 7am or whenever it was that it started because I'd, like, dispensed with that pass. I'd unloaded it, like, left all that on the table and then swiped it off into the sea. So now, like, the last film was there because I was tired at this point and I knew I had to get the train home afterwards. <laughs> I like the idea that because you did this, like, every time a new film started, you just looked so bit you're here fuck happy birthday <laughs> mate. see you what's life like let's hope these cool people come back um but yeah when we go in because there's also in that there's like a becomes this sort of weird ritualistic like watch it in the dark go out for five minutes watch it in the dark go out for five minutes it became a weird like cyclical like i started mm. to panic that this is all my life was ever going to be from now on <laughs> which is really the inverse problem to my previous <laughs> yeah. dispense with the past attitude. There's a flip side to everything. Dispense Two sides with the past, to commit to the infinite loop yeah. in the future. I find that quite often, yeah. Um, that's another story for another time, oh, I'm God. sure. <laughs> but yeah, there we were just before, and it was a very quiet... Leicester Square that we found ourselves in because people had been like petering out, much like the two people next to us had fucked off. Gradually, the crowd had thinned to the hardcore, the the devotees, I suppose, of the classic horror genre, amongst whom I found myself standing just outside the Prince Charles at like 7am, the sun yet to come up, just very quiet. And I talked before about how there's like a particularly dead time, yeah, especially at weekends as well, where everyone who's been out has gone home at like four or five. And people who are going to be at work have not quite yet arrived. So it was completely like the quietest I've ever seen Leicester Square. Really dark, peaceful, cold. No star jumps this time. Just Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We went in. That film shouts at you in a way that is is totally unpleasant. Yeah, it's like... On I don't a, on really a very... like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And I feel bad for saying that because people always have a go at me when I say that. It is very I've never good, liked it. I think. And but... I also don't know what's that good about it. I mean, it's... It's got some very horrid, striking images, but it's shot like an accident. Yeah, I, but I, I feel like it's shot like an accident on, on purpose. purpose. But it, I think it's, I think it's very good because it, it isn't the most horrible concept. Like it is pretty. Like I find the concept very horrible. Yeah, well, it is. But, I'm not saying it's not horrible, but I'm saying that it's, it's quite generic in, in a sense. Yeah, it, it, there is a like masked guy with a chainsaw who, who kills young makes people. funny sounds yeah but it it's it's that somehow it's just something fundamental to that film that it's gutturally primarily horrid yeah it's very from nasty. the first to the last second so it, it it is i think unenjoyable yeah but i think it's very that's what makes it very good because yeah, so it's, done a good it's job so like horrid. efficiently efficiently like just the most disgusting yeah it is very nasty i just i do wonder about how much that is intentional which i guess doesn't really matter in the end but there are bits of it that make you think that the good bits happened by accident rather than yeah as part of a broader scheme of like 
the banality of this group like it's just a totally random setting because there's no setup there's no, no plot there's no context there's no, no there's no acting there's no no, dialogue. no definitely not and that works if the whole point is like this is just part of america yeah where it's just a, mad stuff happens yeah. but i question sometimes whether that was the intent anyway i, I was gonna i would say as a final point on that though that i think that the proof of the fact that it is is that that film still like stands out and has those moments whereas yeah if you take any horror film sequel that's all they're trying like all they had to do is make it horrible mm. and it would be fine that's and true. they still can't like it's just a bit shit yeah there are some very iconic and the final it's weird that final shot of Leatherface dressed in that horrid giant suit apron like suit with weird like Blues mm. Brothers vibe and a wig just waving against this like sun it's like a lens flare yeah. sun it's so out of place it looks like he's in like an indie movie yeah and it yeah it's very odd it's a beautiful shot but you're just like well why did you not do any of that before? <laughs> but yes, you're right. Very striking. And it has stood the test of time. So I've, I'm one round. And I've seen it about 100 times anyway. Yeah. So I clearly like it on some level. But it's a profoundly disquieting film yeah, in the most very... literal sense as well, because it just shouts the fuck out it's of you. It's spiritually unsettling. <laughs> yeah. There are like the last 40 minutes, basically from the first chainsaw that you hear, it doesn't stop being very loud and aggressive which at that time of the morning, like no matter whether you've been up and whether you're in the middle of a horror film marathon while well, the end, or you had just woken up, like Siri woke you up at seven with a reminder, like get taxi chainsaw on. It's just really weird. Like there's something very odd about that experience at yeah. that time. It's not when it's supposed to be. Is no. It? And then hammered home by exiting the cinema into the brightest sunlight God had on <laughs> offer that day. Like a beautiful, dazzling... People doing yoga. Yeah, there were people the doing yoga outside. There were like street bands playing. There were already in Leicester Square the people who just stand and pretend to be different things for money. You know the ones I mean. Yeah, I know the ones I mean. Yeah, so that was very upsetting. They did a survivor's photo and everyone shouted... I hope no. What's with your mother, mother sucks, sucks cocks in hell, Karis. which was, you know, a shame really. But Exorcist it did remind is me. A very good film, isn't it? It's very good, and it reminded me as well that I've heard Ian McKellen say all those lines because oh, he voiced yeah. the demon in the God. bizarre stage production. Did he do a sort of? No, no, he just did his normal Ian McKellen. Your mother sucks cocks in hell, Karis. <laughs> Merrim. <laughs> it was really good. <laughs> It was well fun, actually, now I, I want, think of it. I, want, I just like, want the soundtrack. I want more characters replaced by Ian McKellen. He's slowly going to take voice. over. I want, I want, like, Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> to infinity <laughs> and beyond. I will go sailing. <laughs> but yeah, it was very good. And it leads on to our final conversational topic, which is going to be a brief one, because this episode's gone longer than the original, yeah. would you believe? And I don't know if it's even audible. So that would be Almost fun. certainly not. <laughs> Which was... What would you do if there were the same audio... In the same places. Just, just turned out it was our voices. Off the balcony. Straight up. Straight up. Straight down Mount Privolo and off that balcony. Collindale chainsaw like. massacre yourself. Um, we were talking before we turned this mic on about doing some kind of countdown to the spooktacular. Because I love Halloween and I don't feel like it's... in. The, you know how Christmas just is all around? Even the songs say, don't they? Like, Christmas is everywhere. Simply having a yep. wonderful Christmas time. Like, it's hard to escape. Halloween in the UK is all too easy to escape. And having just been in America, where they had all their Halloween stuff already up, um, I feel like it's a holiday that we have to work at. 
And yeah. here at That's a Shame, we believe in putting effort in to get the rewards that we want. And so in order to, um, I guess, spookify the month of Spooktober, what do you think we could do as a podcasting entity to develop that Halloween countdown, that that sense that there is a ghost in every corner? Um, well, to be fair, I think that certainly in terms of the podcasting world, but even just the, the broader populace at large, uh-huh. we do more than our fair share of, of promoting... The, hashtag spreading the spooks. Yeah, like of of just getting the message out about ghosts. Yeah, oh, that's true. We're like good heads up PR. that they're there. Yeah, and that they... Well, we let people know what they want sometimes as well. Yeah. Like if it's good things or bad things. We haven't like, spoken... We haven't asked the spirits in a while. We should probably do that again. That would be a good one to do. Yeah. So Oh, so maybe we could do like a little countdown of short episodes where we... Uh, revisit some revisit famous spooks. some of our spookiest segments okay from across the years yeah yeah okay why not and then I'll, for the spooktacular itself obviously we'll have worked out some kind of very very terrifying haunted we're also looking to go to a fright night at Thought Park mm-hmm. very soon I've found a video that's proves them to be just totally upsetting mm. experiences of running through a shack while people chase you good and What's more wholesome than that? Yeah, I, you know, I, why wouldn't you spend 40 quid <laughs> exactly. to be chased? Exactly. People have been doing it since it's the world's oldest profession. Well, yeah. It? Chasing people around in a shack, in a sense. Um, cool. Any ideas about that, Declan? Mm, any ideas about that, comma? Declan will tell you how to get in touch with them. So here we go, guys. It's gone 4 a.m. And I'm tired and the episode's really long. So we're going to rattle through these. I mean, you should know him by now anyway, mm-hmm. if I'm honest, but... Just in case. I won't, you know, hold it against you if you don't. Don't make an ass out yet. of you and me. No. Uh, so you can email yep. TAS, T-A-S, at shame.city. Mm-hmm. You can also find your way into our inboxes via the website shame.city slash contact. You can find the, sh- the show on Twitter at That's a Shamecast. You can find Isaac at Isaac BD, and you can find myself at de delane go on if you have a review to give us five stars only please yeah go on let's not fuck around with four then head over to itunes on any particular device you like in the show notes guys or go on the show notes or shame.city slash review or reviews. If you have a, a dollar, a penny, a, a couple of quid, some 25 copecks, cents an episode. just chuck us some of that over at patreon.com slash shamecity and you'll immediately have access to about 15, two, you know, f- maybe five dozen. <laughs> <laughs> just hundreds of episodes. About 15 uh, uh, new episodes like shorter episodes yeah, quick of fire individual shames. content uh-huh. and more to come every month exactly they're going to be pretty spooky this month that's a warning very so if you're somebody who can't spooky. handle that then stay those away. of a spookless disposition you get, get out get out of town um finally i suppose as ever uh-huh. do wommy bomb the hell out of the show yeah do please it's a month where you're legally allowed to go up to anyone and say boo yeah so, so once you've done that boo and then show them the podcast. Yeah. Um, so word of mouth, of course, being the best of mouth. Is there anything else that we've missed? Either? I think that's all of it, you know. This has been episode 109, hasn't it? Sorry, it sounds different. And if you're not a patron, 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 <laughs> then you won't have heard this audio quality before. No. So get used to it. We're going to mix things up these days. And that's part of the versatility of us as as artists. I think if they stuck with us through recording on the balcony in the car. The Blocks Prodge Prodge. This is probably 
fine step up fingers crossed anyway well cheers guys see you very soon bye Necessities of life will come to you.